Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I want to share something with you this evening. It's on page 13 of your booklet, if you would turn to it. Created by British artist David Bomberg in 1925, this painting is a really evocative picture of the Christian ritual of foot washing that happens each Maundy Thursday. Patterned after Jesus' own actions in the Gospel of John, it's the center of our liturgy tonight. And I've included this picture because it may help us to think a little differently about the significance of the foot washing. Maybe consider it from a different angle, to consider its meaning a a little more deeply as we take up this act of humility and submission again after a two-year break tonight. And that's why I thought I'd share this image, an image that's really important to me. Although it's supposed to be an impression of an actual event, the Bishop of Jerusalem washing the feet of the Patriarch of Jerusalem in the Armenian Quarter in a 12th century church in 1925, very little has actually been written of that actual encounter. But it's one of the jewels in the Bomberg collection. I discovered it after watching a program on the artist several years ago, a man unrecognized in his own time, but who has received much deserved posthumous appreciation in recent years. Ever since, I've used it in my own Lenten meditations and prayers. It's warm and it's intense, and the coloring tells me that something important is happening in the picture, something attention-grabbing and significant. In fact, I describe the whole mood of the painting as warm and loving, and that makes sense because of its subject matter, the foot washing. Our gospel begins tonight, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus, knowing that time was short, said and did a few things on this last night together with his friends that demonstrated that love. And I think that this picture captures some of that and invites us deeper to contemplate lots of things. The account continues, and during supper, Jesus Knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet. Now notice the two figures in this picture. One's in multicolor, rainbow color even, bent deeply, carefully over the foot of the seated figure. The foot washer is intent, intense, almost a light, and bent low in concentration and focus on what he's doing. He's washing the feet of a reluctant person, 
Now look at the one whose foot is being washed. One arm, his right arm, is extended in a gesture of resistance, and one arm is braced behind him. He's in one color, a reddy orange, almost like an angry blush. And beside the foot washers, beautiful many colors, he seems dull in comparison, despite the strong color. And if you look closely, it looks like he has a deacon's stole on. That's interesting, a sign of service. There's something about a struggle here. I'm going to guess and say that the one whose feet are being washed is having trouble submitting to the humility of the act. But of course, the most striking thing about him is that his head is black. One thing's for sure, the contrast between the one who washes, who serves in light, bright, multi-hues, and the one who is being washed and served is really clear. And what's beautiful and evocative about this painting is that although it's supposed to be part of an actual event, the face of the one who is having their foot washed is blank. The foot washer is less blank. There's a hint of an eye and a mouth, but the receiver of that action has no face at all. Now that reminds me of a convention that says that when a person is unnamed in scripture, it means that a space is left for that person to be us, the readers. And that's a beautiful and uh, a difficult thought. Now I and all of us to whom this night, this week is important as a journey with Jesus through the events leading up to and including his death and mighty resurrection are dwelling in the gospel according to St. John tonight. And of course, because of that, I see in this painting, Jesus washing Peter's feet. I see a clear-headed Jesus trying to communicate an important truth, and I see a troubled Peter struggling with that truth. That's what the black head says to me. Peter, who is still even now struggling to understand who Jesus is. Peter, who has a grasp on the fact that Jesus is special and, and strange and challenging and otherworldly, powerful too, and one whom he loves and therefore is commanded his attention and respect. But Peter, who also knows that Jesus is alarming because he is God. And as such, he's not predictable, nor tame, but he's ineffable or too much to be contained by words. Jesus comes not as Peter or any of us expects, but according to God's nature. And that's a lot. It's, it's just a lot to take in. But there's also something more here. I see all of us who look on with the eyes of faith. We come to this painting as the faceless ones too. The Peter figure looks how I think I'd feel if Jesus were to wash my feet. Embarrassed, like it was all wrong, like it was all backwards, that I should be washing Jesus' feet. I think I'd be caught founding, feeling profoundly loved, cherished even, 
by Jesus on the one hand, and then on the other, overwhelmed with my own sense of unworthiness. I might even feel a little bit cross that all these emotions were being seen by everyone, including Jesus. I think I might be in a spiritual confusion. How could God be so vulnerable to me? And I think I could well understand how all that might and probably a bunch more could be portrayed as a kind of resistance, a well-meaning resistance, but still a resistance to God's love. But then my eyes go back to Jesus so focused, so beautiful and bright, so intent on this loving action. You can't fail to feel the love in that figure in this painting. And I begin to relax and feel at peace. There's something in this scene that makes me lean into the love of the foot washer. There's something so lovingly inexorable about this foot washer. They're intent on performing that action with sacramental importance. It's that, that intent demonstrated with this most humble of gestures. There's a reason that Jesus chose to wash the disciples' feet. There was literally no more humble action that a servant could perform. And that's what gives us a clue to what our faith is all about. That kind of self-humbling love. Now we say this, we say this a lot, week in, week out, that God sent Jesus, God's only son, to show us what God's love is like. But it's actually hard to express the nature of this kind of love. That's why it's good to have a picture um, or an experience to help us grasp something of its meaning. You can see here that it's a love that gives up dignity or, or self-protection for selflessness and to be holy for the other person. It's the kind of love that's beautiful and uncomfortable. And we don't see it very often in this world. Jesus speaking to his most beloved says to love this way is a commandment. A commandment to his followers to love each other. That was his dying wish. Now when you think of all the things that he might have said, knowing that he had very little time left, isn't it staggering that that is what he chose to bequeath to us as his last words? Doesn't that tell you something about their importance? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So that it's clear, that means that loving as Jesus loves us is the content of our discipleship. It's what makes and sustains the church. But it's more than that. For those who do not yet know the name of Jesus, the way that we love each other, with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, is also the path by which we lead others to the Christ. But you and I know, if we're really honest with each other, how difficult it is for us to submit to that love, to allow ourselves to really feel it, to let it wash over us, to conquer our own resistance and confusion. 
There's a poem I love, you won't be surprised to hear, one that I have lived with for many, many years. It's called Love. And in it, you can hear the same struggle played out, but it ends as Peter and we all must. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I said, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful, Oh, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. The poet ends in submission to God's love and sits down to the meal of love and thanks the sacrament that we celebrate every week, the Lord's Supper, we celebrate the institution of that meal tonight. This is a celebration of Jesus' sacrifice for our sake. And again, he, he demonstrates that focused, intentional, and humble love. His blood poured out for us, poured out as the example of the way forward for us to love in the same way. His body broken and laid down for us so that we'll know how to lay down our lives for others. A new commandment indeed. Love one another as I have loved you. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.